Hello guys and welcome to episode 118 of the Worldwide Shelves podcast. It's your host Mac back again and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host Jesters. How are you doing my friend? Well, I have thawed so um, I'm doing pretty good. It was rather cold this morning here in Texas. So cold. Yeah, Texas other than that, I'm doing good. Sense. Huh? Cold in Texas doesn't really come in the same sentence normally. I think it was like 13, or no, it was 11 this morning when I woke up. That is quite cold, to be fair. Yeah. Frozen pipes and everything. Gotta love it. Ah. Well, it's, it's a bit warmer here now uh, after last week's snow shenanigans here. But, you know, it's like British people can't deal with weather. So one, one bit of snow and it, the world falls apart. Yep. Same here. But anyway, let's get into the Chelsea stuff because obviously we haven't actually spoke on this podcast for nearly two months now for World Cup reasons, other reasons. So we are going to get right back into it. Um, I think last time we was on was the main Manchester United review, which was dreadful, but it got worse. Um, <laughs> how are you feeling now about Chelsea? Now you've had the World Cup break to kind of let it sink in and let the, I suppose, for some people, realism sink in or for some other people just to calm down. How are you feeling about Chelsea at the moment? Well, I'm calm. I know that we played 14 games. We have 24 more games to play this year. So we have more in front of us than we have behind us. Um, and we played terrible, you know. that's There's no ways around, around that. Um Nobody has really stepped up this year consistently uh, on the offensive side of the game. Uh, we've had a coaching change. It was necessary, by the way. Um, I'll debate anybody on that topic. I love Tuchel as, as a tactician just as much as anybody else. But that's not the only thing your, your job is to be a coach. Um, there's other things around it, and he failed at those and rightfully got the sack. Uh, you, could, you could say that there, we're in this position with our midfield because he didn't think we needed a midfielder. Okay, just that's sacking alone. <laughs> if you don't think that Chelsea needs a midfield rebuild, then you should be sacked. Um, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that, and I, I think we've done that. But I, you know, everybody, of course, we've got some major influencers now all on the Arsenal uh, bandwagon. I, I, you know, for one reason or another, we won't say which ones and, and for what reasons, but I think everybody knows I don't. People think that this, this this is a foregone conclusion and over with. I don't. I I see the league as having the most parity ever since it's been the Premier League. And uh, teams will lose to teams that they they usually would not lose to just because those teams have now have money to spend on better players than they ever had before. So I think this thing is far from over. And I think if you're writing your if you're saying well we're in the top four, not in the top four based on the first 14, 15 games. Uh, I, I think you're going to look like an idiot by the end of the year. Yeah, I, th- I think it is a much more open um, Premier League. Um, it's always been quite open, but I think there is now effectively seven to eight teams that probably in other years would be top four, should be top four, but won't be. Um, there'll be. There'll be big teams that miss out. There'll be teams that are on the up that miss out, or be teams on the up that get in. Um, that's why I think 
some some people that are saying that we have a divine right to get fourth we don't if we don't play well enough we don't get fourth i mean we've been lucky to get fourth and third the last two three seasons really it's because other teams haven't played very well and that their downfalls have been our uh succeeding um but now there are seven to eight good teams there are teams coming up there are teams that look good some will drop off and i hope some of the smaller teams do drop off so it gives us a bit more of a chance but as you said we've got 24 games and we've got to show something from it um i've been quite realistic and people will say pessimistic from the start saying that since we, since we got sold and since the abramovich thing happened we were miles behind everyone else in terms of transfer stuff because we were too busy trying to save the club or trying to sell it on to someone else um so we didn't have time for business in the summer and it was a bit rushed it was a bit of only trying to do a lot of work everyone trying to do a lot of work rushing but teams were five six seven weeks ahead of us in terms of planning transfers scouting etc so it has been a bit of a mismatch we're now st- starting to get a structure in place and i think we've just got to take what we get in these first few months maybe a year uh, and see how it goes um i think we've still got we st- we have players that still should be able to do it whether they can or not is another question um and it's up to potter to try and get the best out of these players which has always been a challenge for every Chelsea manager of recent. Well, I, you can oh. argue that, that that maybe that I, I argue this point, and I, I'll take Christian Pulisic as an example. He's played under three managers, and he was bought under a fourth. You cannot, as young as most of these players that we've bought recently, with some exceptions, have been young. And when you're young and trying to develop your your game and and try trying to get better, you cannot be with three managers in three years and think that you're going to be successful um, because they all bring different systems. They all want you to play a different way. Some of them might be more uh, suited to how you want how, you know you, what you do best better, and some of them are, are you're not suited to. And so. I think that we've really retarded our growth as a team and some of these so-called, you know, these these generational talents that we've brought in because we've played so many different systems under so many different managers in such a short period of time. I mean, Kai Havertz is now on his third. Um, you know, you can say Mason Mount's on his on his third. Um, so you want to talk about people not developing? Well, maybe if we had a consistent formation and. A, consistent philosophy on the field they would be further along than they were that's just you know you can't say that nobody knows that for 100 percent certainty because you can't go back in time but for me i think that's our major one of our major problems is some of these can't miss talents world-class talents whatever however you want to uh you know frame that debate um they they were retarded in their development because of the way the club was run yeah and, and i'll stand by that and debate anybody on that topic yeah, I've been I've been saying this for years. I think we haven't really had a philosophy. We haven't had a way of playing. We've done short term. We've made short term decisions all the way through. Which yes, it, it's got us success in terms of certain trophies, certain European titles, 
very occasionally a league uh, in recent years. Um, but it's not sustainable. It hasn't been sustainable for a long time. And I think Abramovich going has given us the chance to create a, st- a stable vision, a stable club and a stable philosophy to work off for the long term and keep Chelsea ticking, keep Chelsea like build Chelsea into a Man City, build Chelsea into um, these super clubs that are starting to consistently win trophies and consistently bring in successful players, consistently bring through players, um, depending on the club, obviously. Um, so obviously we have brought in a lot of people since, I think, Vivelle, you've, um, you've got Win Stanley, you've got I can't remember all the names off the top of my head. There's a seems like we've seen to have about a billion directors at the moment. Obviously, I do understand that some are going to be for Chelsea only, and some will be for the global multi-club model when it eventually comes in. Um, but what do you think of the vision? This the, the, is this vision 2030 that has been paraded around the press quite often. Um, are you excited by that vision, or do you think there are flaws as people have said on twitter about it (laughs) you know if a human creates a plan or creates anything it's always flawed because we're flawed so anything we make is there go flawed Uh, so if you're looking for the perfect plan it doesn't exist because it has the word perfect in it okay it just is what it is is it going is it a model that can make chelsea a successful club well i don't know let's look at man city they they do the same thing. They've been pretty successful, I would say. Uh, look at RB Leipzig. Uh, before Red Bull bought them, they were nothing. They were a dying club, and now it's a it's got uh, teams in the United States. It's got teams in Austria. It's got a team. I'm I'm sure I don't know the whole R, uh, RB Leipzig layout, but there's a there there's a ton of them everywhere. So and and the top of the line is is RB Leipzig, and you can think you could say for. For a Bundesliga club, they've been as successful, uh, other than Bayern Munich, they've been as successful as any other club. So, yeah, is it is it work? Does it work? Yeah, we've seen, uh, I can give you two instances of where it works. Um, you just have to put it together properly, and it's going to take some time, and people need to be patient on that aspect. But look what we're doing already. Uh, you know, we could, we could really easy to segue right here into some of these transfers, and we can talk about them from the summer on. And you can see what the philosophy and, and, and the vision is and, and all the youngsters we've brought in. And we basically rebuilt, um, we've taken all the garbage out of the academy and, 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 and you know, mostly out of the, out of the squad list uh, in the summertime. There's still some garbage that needs to go, but you can't do it all in one summer. And, you know, we brought in different types of players from different countries that look like they're going to be far more successful than the ones we've been bringing through our academy of late. Um, I, I'm a fan of of Cassidy. I'm a fan of uh, Chukameka. Of course, he didn't. Come, he's not going to be. He never went to academy. He's first team all the way. But uh, then you got Zakarian coming in, Santos, uh, Fafana. And there's a there's a boatload of other ones. And these Hutchinson, are the type Hutchinson as well. Hutchinson from 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 Arsenal who looks the part. Um, of course, you say he looks the part because that's what it is. It just looks until he plays against first team, you know, against top teams in the world. You don't know what he's going to be, right? Every, you know, Colin Hudson-Odoi 
um, look good in, you know, the academy. Never panned out. So you could say that until they actually. But the, you're starting to see them bring in, uh, you know, Santos to me is like a Caicedo. If you want to, if you want to mirror games, he's kind of the, the six to eight, like a Kovacic, can pick the ball up as a six, advance it forward, can break up play, uh, can create. Um, so yeah, or or if you want to say a Paqueta type or or something like that, but he can play that six to eight role. Uh, Zakarian is the the eight to a ten role, to where he, he you know he's they say the Russian KDB because he's got the vision. Um, he can take wicked. He likes to take wicked shots from outside the box. Um, Cassidy is a big brute. Uh, he's over six foot tall. All these guys are, I mean, Bar Hutchinson are, are are pretty pretty big dudes too. We're we're looking. We're not going to have any midgets in the midfield anymore. You know, no. some of those 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 players that just not get knocked over by a stiff breeze. You need in the midfield in the spine of your team. You've got to have some size and some some strength and some attitude, right? And then we've missed that. Yeah, definitely. I think we we bring in a lot of talent. I think a lot of people have said, "Well, all these talents surely can't get into the first team," and they're right. They're not. Some will succeed, and they will get into the first team. Some may not live up to the expectations. Which, if they don't, they'll still probably be at some sort of high level. We can sell them on, and then that money goes towards the big players that we do need. We don't have to spend. 400 500 million on six players because we've got six holes that we need to fill in terms of top class talent we won't have that because we will we will hopefully have a few of them come in replace holes some will go out and to give money for the holes that we do need to fill and that make i think the aim is to make us more competitive so if if we do need if we if we wanted to say i don't know i'm going to spark a name out of nowhere if we want to go buy an mbappe uh, and he was on the market well, we can sell, say, say for example, Amari Hutchinson's doing really well, but he might not be quite Chelsea level. You sell him to another club for 40, 50, 60 million. Let's just put a ballpark out there eventually in the future. And then that 50, 60 million with the transfer budget you have goes towards Mbappe. And then you, you have a bit of more of a free reign to offer the money that big, these big players that we currently can't, seemingly get at the moment and persuade to come in uh, for one reason or another um, we can potentially get them in and there'll be a project for them to follow um, but I do like the way we're going um, I like so far I like all the profiles of the players um, and I like that we we, we are following because Leipzig and Salzburg have done fantastic they're amazing they're just picking players out of complete obscurity um, and they then become good players, and generally they don't spend a lot of money on them because they f- they follow in between their feeder clubs, and then they sell them on off at the bit at the end for a big price. Um, so I think it will it should be fairly successful as long as it's done sensibly and right. Um, I think yes, there like I say you you could say Chukwemeka. It's a big it's a fairly big price for a very young player. Um, but generally, I think we've not spent a lot of money on these players. We've not blown seventy-two million on a sixteen-year-old that, in these two years that he can't play for Real Madrid, potentially could get a big injury and never play for the club again. Um, so I think we're we're doing it a bit smarter 
Um, what makes me laugh, though, is I remember a lot of people would moan about the old board saying, oh, we don't pick these talents out of nowhere. And now that we are, they're moaning that we're not getting the big talents, the big and obvious ones. It just sums up our fan base, doesn't it, Justice? Well, depends what fan base you're talking to. If you're talking about the online fan base, it tends to be younger and they don't, <coughs> you know, there's they look at the, the picture in front of them. They can't see the, the forest through the trees, right? Um, part, pardon me, that's just some of the uh, problems with being young and not being having an experience to go through life and uh, to be, be able to see different things and, and maybe come at it from a different direction. Uh, so I, I kind of tune those voices out uh, because to me, they're, they're, you know, next week it'll be something different. And it's just, you know, it's easier to complain or to be pessimistic so you don't get things wrong than to actually be positive and, you know, got on a limb sometimes. Like, you know, I couldn't live my life as a pessimist. I can't live my life as, oh, we're going to be terrible and, oh, somebody's going to beat us and we're not going to do this and this guy sucks. Well, if that's all your life is, it, that's, I mean, that's, that's terrible. I mean, you're not a good person to be around because you bring everybody down. I don't like to live that way. So, to me, I just tune them out. Um, I will say with the, with with all the midfield talent we've brought in, um, I think that it's done, number one, to bring in a, a couple more uh, first-team pieces. But two, it makes us not beholden to uh, Mason Mount, who wants an outrageous contract that he's not even worth. Uh, for me, just sell him. Sell if Liverpool wants him, give it, get a price, get him gone. I'm sorry, but you're not the best at, at your position. Why would you think it's you're worth as much as somebody who is the best at their position in the world? And I'm talking about Mr. Reese James. You're not more worth more than Reese James. You're not worth as much as Reese James. Reese James is a better footballer than you. Reese James makes this team better. You don't. All you do is 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 stat pad against poor teams, and that's proven again in the World Cup. The only good game that Mason Mount had was against Saudi Arabia. After that, he looked like crap, like he does for us. He is an average player. He has very he has very some very good properties, and but to, to pay that man three hundred thousand a week is just just insane. So you can you can move him on. You can move on Connor Gallagher. You can move on Conte. You can move on Jorginho. You can rebuild build that mid midfield starting with the Alvarez coming in January. I like Adrian Rabio because he's left footed and he's big. He's strong and he can play a six to eight role uh, because I think Kovacic is going to go under the knife at some point this season because World Cup's over with. And I think that's the reason he was holding off on that. So you bring in an Adrian Rabio, or you bring somebody in that can be a six slash eight, and then you're looking to play a ten. Well, Kai Havertz is probably the best ten, unless you're going to put Christian Pulisic there that we have in the team until Nkunku comes in the summer. So if you're going to play a four two three one, you need two sixes or a, a, a sitting six, and somebody can move as an eight. And I think that the 
the talent we brought in sets us up for something like that. You know, Santos is a, a six slash eight. He can move the ball from the from from the back. He can break up play. He's creative. Like I said, he he's a Brazilian Caicedo. Uh, Cassidy is the same way. Can play as a, a sitting six or or, or or can get forward. Chukameka, Paul Pogba, without the attitude. Um. So you look and Zakarian as well. He. He's he's a going forward. He can pick a pass out from deep, uh, so you get those easy goals every once in a while. So all these players are bringing we're bringing in are the antithesis to the young midfielders we have so far on the team. And I'm talking about Mason Mount, and I'm talking about Connor Gallagher. And uh, I would definitely view these people, these players, as expendable. And we should get the most we can because they're English. If you want to, if you want to do swap deals or, or add them in, if you want a different uh, English player in the Inter Premier League, you use them. If not, you just sell them for a boatload of money and use that money to subsidize a Liao coming in in the summer, which is much more of what we need in the summertime. Uh, within Kunku, uh, signed, sealed, and delivered, is is and then you bring in Liao, and then you actually have a team to build around. So that that's just the way I'm looking at it. I think that. I, and I'm hoping that they will cut Mason Mount loose. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 the moment I prefer kind of at the with Mason Mount, I think there's so much volatility around it between both. So I prefer just to stay stay a bit quieter on it because either side, either side or probably both sides are going to just completely demolish me. So I'm just going. I prefer not yeah. to speak because if I speak, I may be in trouble. But um. Well, that's good I for think, you. I, I I come out there swinging, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I I think in another way as well. I think a, a a thing that comes good from it as well. It it means that say we do end up getting a potentially a Declan Rice because I think that's what the fan base want. And I for me it seems inevitable at the moment um, that we probably do get him in at some point. Um, but it means we don't we because we've got these players. Um, coming through, we say we've got we've got Santos, we've got Xadi, we've got these players coming through. We don't have we don't we don't have to be forced to pay a stupid price for Rice because we can go well. If you were, if you want to just let him go, uh, short contract, let him run down his contract, we will just stay with these youngsters and we'll, we'll we'll put them through. And then it might pressure West Ham to potentially have to lower the price a little bit to get a deal done. Um, which I think is good because at the moment, West Ham can go, well, Jorginho's leaving, Kante's leaving, Ruben off the cheek's not good enough, Gallagher's not good enough, you haven't got a defensive six, so here's 100 million, 100 million or nothing. Um, so I think it, it makes us less um, to be taken advantage of in the market as well. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it goes because obviously we, we, we're not going to see these players realistically, or a couple of them, maybe Chukwemeka, Hutchinson, we might see within this season. But I think the rest, and that includes kind of the forwards that are coming in, um, that Fafana and um, potentially any others that do come in, I think we'll see them in the development side, let them build their um, strength up, um, get them acclimatised to the country, the league. Potentially, a couple might go back on a loan somewhere, um, but I think it'll be we won't see him properly in the squad, getting minutes of twelve for at least twelve months. 
So it'll be nice to see them in the future and see what they can do. Um, but we'll see uh, what happens with that. Um, going into a bit more of the game coming up um, on the 27th, um, Bournemouth at home. Just as is this, is this a game that we must win just to get this kind of new, effectively second part of the season started off on a high? You know, it's hard to label a, a 15th game of the season a must win. I, <laughs> You know how that goes. But, uh, yeah, it's, we need to win it. Uh, is it a must win? You know, that's, that's like I said, I don't want to say that in the 15th game of the season. But, yeah, we do, we do need to win it, and we should win it. Um, I will give you my lineup that I think we should play to win it. Um Will we play that lineup? No. <laughs> but it is what it is. I uh, I think that whatever lineup we play, we're good enough to beat Bournemouth. Yes, I know they've improved, but um, look, you've got Reese James back. So we don't, we're not going to be as imbalanced as we've been because you've got Reese James back. And with him on the pitch, our team is so much better than when he's not there. It's just night and day. And I think you'll see that as well uh, on Tuesday is that he makes all the difference. Just him coming back. It doesn't matter who else is on the pitch. Um, So I do think that we should win it. We need to win it. I'm not going to go as far as say it's a must win. Yeah, I think... I would agree with you the fact obviously it, it is uh, still early in the season. We, it is not a must win, but I think to to get this to stop kind of all these questions of Potter is he good enough? Are these players good enough? The kind of revolving questions that have been going around for the past six to eight weeks. Um, I think it would just be nice to shut up some people, get a good win in the balance. Then you've got Nottingham Forest again. You can get a good win there, and then. For the bigger games, the Man Cities, the um, West Ham's, the Tottenham's, etc., we can then go into them games with a bit more confidence, a bit more swagger about us, and then hopefully get pull in a couple of results. I don't expect us to win all them games. The City games, brutally honest, if we lost the league and won the cup match, it's not the end of the world to me um, because I don't think we're going to do anything truly meaningful in the league apart from maybe get a top four finish. Um, so I think I, I would like that, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm looking forward to the game because I want to see how, what with, with the time Poss has had to work with the players he's had um, for the six weeks, what he can do, what his ideas are, because um, they haven't been completely clear in some of the other games, but hopefully we'll be able to see that. Um, there's been a lot of weird criticism that I've been reading all day. Um, since the press conference about Potter being boring, uncharismatic in the press conference. Just as, am I the only one that thinks that's just why, why we haven't this discussion? Does it matter if he's charismatic in the press conference or not? Well, I, I actually uh, responded to a tweet. I like, you do know he's English, right? And not exactly the, the party type of people in the world. They're Stiff upper lip and all that. <laughs> it's not like the British are known for being outgoing and exciting. I said that's that's the Irish. <laughs> so 
I, the man is what the man is. Leave him be. He's a very deep think. He's a deep thinker. He's an intellectual. He's not. Um, he's not just gonna go out there and, and throw uh, one-liners and, and joke. It's not his demeanor. So what? I I don't. You know. People put way too much emphasis on press conferences because most of the time they ask shit questions anyway. And oh, so I really don't care. They were shit questions today, to be honest. All I want to know from a press conference is who's fit, who's not, and is there, uh, you know, any surprises that we need to know about? That's all I want to know. I don't, I don't care about, well, so-and-so likes – to read manga on a Thursday and uh, wasn't at practice. I don't want to even know any of that stuff. I don't care about anything that goes on behind the scenes. I want to know who's fit, who's not, and um, if you can get an uh, inkling to what formation he's going to play, that'd be nice too. Um, and that's it. And I don't care if that's delivered with spunk or that's bland. I just need to know the facts. <laughs> that's it. So I... I think it's people that just they're gonna look for any little reason to to, to be negative. Again, um, Thomas Tuchel did not know that they were even alive. He would, you know, he didn't know. Yes, he 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 was his he was more animated in his press conferences. That means nothing, nothing at all. Period. Nothing doesn't give you any more points. Doesn't make you win on the field. Nothing at all. So I, I think it's just a, a non-starter. It's stupid to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm saying if you, I don't, I don't watch the press conferences to see the see these amazing quotes. Of course, with Mourinho and the likes, that it was quite funny to see the occasional dig at a certain manager or dig at a certain club or dig at a certain referee. Of course, that's a bit of banter and a bit of fun. Um, but at the end of the day, all I want to know is, as you said. Who's fit? Who's not? Potentially, what formation are we playing? Is there, any, as you said, is there anything special information we want to know? Nothing else. Um, I can, and as you said, I couldn't care if it's. Re- Potter could sing all of his answers in the press conference. I couldn't give a damn. He could sing and he could whisper it for all I care. I don't care as long as I get the information. So, and I think it's just people being critical and par for the sake of being critical and par. Um, I just, as you as you kind of said before, pessimistic people. I don't. I just don't think that uh, it, it frustrates me at the moment with Chelsea, and that's why at the moment I'm much more happier to watch the women because it's all sunshine and rainbows at the moment. There, whereas at the moment it's just doom and gloom with the men's at the moment with just fans in general. Um, and I'm kind of glad they stay away from the women's some of these fans because I don't think they'd be able to hack it. Um, anyway, going into the actual press conference and the injuries. Obviously, we have got five players that we don't think will play. Kovacic, uh, yeah, Kovacic Ziyech, um, Bufano, who's picked up another injury. Um, Chilwell and Kante, of course, that is out till I think, late February, early March, which was nice to get a date because we don't normally get dates. On oh, Kante sometimes. is? Yeah, Kante. I did not know that. Yeah, I think... Potter said it's late February, early March. We expect to see him back again, which for me means he's not going to play much for Chelsea Football Club ever again because obviously I think he's going to go in the summer. Hopefully it's Barcelona. But um, there you go. Um, so with them, are you 
I mean, obviously the Fofana one is the main kind of annoyance in terms of him getting picking up that injury in midweek. Um, I think three to four weeks it's supposed to be. Um, are you concerned with Fofana? Because again, that's another big topic this week. It's been talking about Fofana being injury prone. Are you concerned with these injuries for Fofana, or is it just one of them things? The injuries you pick up, you you can pick up a reoccurrence coming back. It's just one of them things. You know that as well as I do. Once you get in, you have a major injury. Smaller injuries follow. It's the nature of uh, uh, recovering when you're, you're taxing your body at the, at, a, at the highest level, right? Um, it is what it is. Uh, I, I joked around with, with, with Carlito. Oh, he's injury prone. We got to sell. <laughs> and he, he loves Fafana. You know how that went. <laughs> went over like a fart at a wedding. Um, but, it, you know, it's all banter. I think he's going to be fantastic. Just, we don't actually, we're, if we go to a four, which I think we're going to stay in a four, we're fine. You, you've got Tiago Silva, you've got Koulibaly, you know, Chalabud is there, but I wouldn't play him in the big games. But Tiago Silva and Koulibaly as your, as your center back pairing, yeah, um, sorry, I'm not going to worry. <laughs> I'm just not. I'll take that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Um, yeah, uh, especially if we can sit, uh, you know, have a Zakaria in there as a six, but I don't know. Uh, I would like it, to see that, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. Yeah, because I would pay a four-two-three-one, uh, and I would play Kepa in goal because uh, I don't ever want to see Mendy in goal again. I think he's terrible. And... FYI, I was right about him, everybody. So um, I will be accepting flowers from here to the end of the year. Um, I told you something off about him, and I was right. So Kepa and Go, I'd play RJ, of course, uh, Thiago Silva, uh, Koulibaly, Kukurea. Uh, I would play the, the, the double pivot of Zakari and Jorginho. I would have Jorginho go forward. And not be the first to receive the ball, but Zakaria would be the first to receive, and then uh, that would allow Jorginho to get in the final third more, which I think at this point would be better for him because he's actually very good at uh, tracking the ball and counterpressing. And even if he misses the counterpress, you do have Zakaria behind him who can clean up for him. And uh, I'd put Kai in as 10, and then I'd put Pulley on the left. Aubameyang up top and Sterling on the right. And that's how I would go at it. I think that gives you your most firepower on the pitch. And, I w- and, and yes, I did not say Mount or Gallagher because neither one of them are a six and neither one of them are really a ten. And I think Kai gives you more uh, in space than either one of them. And he gives you uh, runs into the box and in a hitting ability that neither one of those give you. So that's how I would do it. Yeah, I... I think I agree with that 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 lineup. The Jorginho thing, I'm I'm kind of I understand it, but I don't know that position is a toss up. But obviously, Kovacic isn't there. I I would probably maybe put in a Mateo Kovacic if he was. Well, he, yeah, he's not yeah, available. Obviously, he's not available, <laughs> as you said. So, yeah, why why not? I'll, I, I mean, I I like to see a back four so. I would be happy with that. You've got Reese James playing. You've got 
Mount on the bench. Um, we know it's not going to be that. We know Mount's going to play. Havertz is going to play. Probably Sterling will be the other one. Um, will it be a back four? Will it be a back three? I hope it's a back four because I've heard. I think Potter has largely been playing with a back four in this kind of pre-season and testing it out. We were potentially a transition between the two, um, between the three and the four. But I, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's a decent lineup, and it's a lineup that we should beat Bournemouth. Um, I don't see a problem with that at all. Um, obviously, Chilwell slowly coming back into things. Um, so when Chilwell comes back, would you put him? Would does he go back into the starting lineup, or do you think Cucurella should have a run in this uh, first first choice left back? Well, I have to see how Cuckoo does. I mean, if he plays well in the next few games before Chilwell is ready to come back, you don't you don't take somebody who's playing well out of the lineup. I don't I don't care. You just don't do it. Um, and you know, then you kind of rotate them because again, we still don't we we still have this issue with nobody to rotate with Re- with Reese unless what he's going to do is play Reese until we get up you know, 2 nil, or up by two goals and then put Aspie in there to cut, you know, at the 60th minute or something like that to cut 30 minutes off his time. I still think that it would be fine if you would use whatever left back is on the bench as a rotational for both sides, right? You got to have somebody give to give RJ a break. And and Aspie, even though he's right-footed, is still not better than a left-footed cuckoo or or, or Chile on that side on the right side. They're still better players. They're you know they're quicker. Uh, so I, you know, I wouldn't. I would keep Kukurea in there until Chilwell is 100% ready to go. And then we'll just have to see is Kukurea playing good? Yet yeah, then you can't pull him out of the lineup if he's not playing up to snuff. Yeah. You make that switch. Say, hey, you haven't been producing. You had no, there was nobody pushing you. Now there's somebody there who is can, can do things you can't do. We'll put them in. So that's the way I manage. And that's the way I would like to be managed as a player. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think I'd even add um, Kulabali into the same aspect when Fafana comes back. Obviously, it's going to take a little bit longer than Chilwell uh, for Fafana to come back. But if Koulibaly is playing very well, then Fafana's got to work his way back into the squad. If um, he's not playing too great, then Fafana gets his chance. Um, I think that's how I take it. I think it's for me, it's a meritocracy. If if Amari Hutchinson comes in, plays really well, and Sterling's not f- firing on all cylinders, Amari comes in. Amari gets a few games on his belt. Same with Carney. If if say a Jorginho, if we, if we're not doing that well, a Jorginho um, is not playing too well. We're losing the game. Bring Carney on, make it a bit more attacking. I think he can do the job because I think what I, what impresses me with Carney is he almost can play near enough any role in this midfield, and that's why going back to some of these youngsters, the Santoses of the world, they look like you can mould them into a different. They're so young that you can mould them into a position. They, 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 they haven't got a set style, like they're not a set regista like Georgina or a set roadrunner like Kante um, or Mount. Um, they they can be moulded into whatever you want. Um, and that's where, that's, that's the thing that excites me about 
this one the, the only excitement about this team in the moment. That's the thing that excites me about this team. And I hope Potter sees it that way because he's on a five year contract. Apparently, according to the owners, you can never trust uh what an owner says in terms of um sacking or not sacking a manager. But apparently Potter's got time. So if he has got if he truly has got time, do what you want. Don't don't um go to what the players say. Don't try and not upset certain players. If the player's not playing well, don't they don't go on the pitch, simple as that. Um so hopefully we do see that. Um otherwise, well, we might have the same problems as we do. But I, I suspect the lineup we've said won't happen. Um because certain players like to get minutes um because they want to play. Um but there you go. Um is what it is. Um so in terms of the game itself, what would you predict in terms of scoreline? Uh, I think it's going to be uh, I'm going to go 2-0. I think it's 2-0 Chelsea. Um, I think yeah. I, don't, I don't see any way around uh, Koulibaly and Thiago start, starting. Um, what I actually think he'll do is the same back line that I'm I've talked about the back you know goalkeeper the back line, uh, but he'll play Jorginho as the lone six with with Gallagher and Mount as the eights. I think that's what he's going to do. Um, and then it's going to be you know maybe Kai Havertz up front with with uh, Sterling and who knows. You know, there's no telling. But I'd say 2-0. I think that we can keep a clean sheet uh, with with Thiago and Koulibaly out back there with Kukurea and RJ back. And again, I don't trust Mendy as far as I can throw him. And he can't distribute the ball at, at all. He, you know, it looks like an absolute clown on the ball. So, kept it for me. And that's how I think that's how he's going to roll. So, 2-0. Yeah, I... I agree. I think it's going to be. I think it'll be quite comfortable, to be honest. I think it'll be a settling performance, um, which I think we all want because at the moment Chelsea have been heart attack FC for the last couple of seasons. So it'd be nice to give our hearts a nice little break, especially over this Christmas period when we've all stuffed ourselves with food. Um, I think it'll be a good defensive performance. We'll see at least something of what Potter wants to do. Um, whether it's the right players on the pitch is another question, but that's for me, you and everyone to debate. It's up, at the end of the day, it's up to Potter who he wants to pick. He who picks is who he picks. It's on him if it doesn't go wrong, if it doesn't go well. Um, if it does, fair enough, fair play. Um, well, we've got nothing to say. Um, obviously, we probably, well, we, we might do a stream in between this and the Forest game, but um, do you think we'll get a win in the Forest game as well, or do you think potential slip up? Well, I have to see what the what the team looks like on Tuesday. To tell you the truth, I you know if I look, this team has the talent to beat any any team in the world on any given day. It's a matter of them turning up and doing it. The talent is there. Um, but sure, why not? You know, we're going to be, uh, doesn't do you any good to be pessimistic about anything. And of course, we're going to be rolling into the January window. So 
I'm going to say, yeah, we'll pick up wins in our first two games. Yeah, well, that's just as that's what we like to see, and I think we're going to get that. Um, after that, whether we beat Man City is another question, but it's a step up. We, 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 we've got a nice, smooth run in to get into this new, effectively, second part of the season. Um, and then we can, we, we can go up against the big boys and see what we're made of. Um, it was a nice transition into the transfer window that you mentioned. Um, we'll cover that now again before we finish up uh, on this wonderful pod. Um, who, for you, what are the positions? Obviously, forget the kind of young players that will be the future builders. Um, obviously, I assume we're going to do more than just buy a load of young players um, for the future. Uh, and there are positions to potentially fill. Who would you like Chelsea to go for um, in this January window um, in terms of positions, potentially a few players for their positions? Um, if there are one or two positions you wanted to fill fill in, what would they be? Well, I think uh, we need two midfielders, uh, potentially three midfielders. Um, you know, there's talk about Conte going to Barcelona. Whether he is or not, you're not going to get anything from N'Golo Conte for the rest of the year. So just write that off. Jorginho, they're talking, you know, I know there's scuttlebutt about a new contract, but I think that's that's done. He's, he, he's out in the summertime. So, he, you know, he might go in January. And really, I would, I would send Jorginho to, to Juventus for, for Rabio. That's what, who, who I would bring in, as, as well as Alvarez. And then you'll have two players who can play uh, the sixth position. Rabio can play the sixth position. He's better at the off-sixth position, like, you know, to move the ball forward and be more of a, a forward uh, player. But he can also sit. And then you have Zakaria still who can do the same thing. So your then your your base of your midfield, your defensive part has gotten a lot better because Alvarez is a tank in the in the midfield, and he gives you that one thing we don't have is attitude. Um, and then then um, you have to see if Ziyech is out. Uh, where do you know that Broge is gone uh, for probably the rest of the year? Um, I don't know. I don't. We have any updates on how bad the knee injury is? I believe it's going to be six to nine months. Um, okay, I'd, say so nine, he, yeah. I'd say nine months is probably the more realistic one. So he's out. Um, and so the, the thing is, do they think that Amari Hutchinson is the person to take his place in the attacking role, either him or Ziyech? I mean, you did bring the kid in, Fafana. I know he's 19, but it's not like Roja was that much older. Um so do you, I mean, if you could get Leal in January, you'd get Leal. I mean, that's just a no-brainer. And it's possible you could get him in January because he's had a contract, and I don't know if it's this summer or, or next. next summer. Is it next summer? So uh, looking at a year left this coming, you know, in the last year or so, uh, I would think that you'd get more in the wintertime than you would have this summer. Uh, and, you know, if you had to send ZS the other way plus cash, I would do that as well. Because for me, I think Leal is going to be a freaking talent. And I think he's going to be uh, – he reminds me a lot of a, a young Aubameyang, um, you know, Dortmund Aubameyang. So I think he'll, he'll be better. He can play the left wing, yeah, but I think he'll be better down the middle because he's fast, he's physical, 
and he's just going to get fat. He's just going to get more physical. You know, he's still young, and I think that that if he can get those, if he can get, you know, Alvarez has got to get done, uh, and, and another midfielder that can play defense has got to get done, whether it's Rabi or not. Okay, it could be Lavia from Southampton, but for me. And then if you could if you could squeak in a, a right back, you know, that's always good too. But I, I think they're going to wait to see what Southampton does because they're looking at a few of those Southampton players going well. If they if they're going to go down, we're going to get some people like Kyle Walker Peters or 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 maybe even Livermento back on a cheap, even though there's a buyback on on Livermento. I don't know if there's a clause for if they go down to Championship. You never know. That changes things. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think personally, for me, if if because I think there won't be more than two big first team players. We might get a few more younger players. Um, the only potential one that could be a third is obviously depending on how this Makuku um, contract Makuku contract comes on with Dortmund. I wouldn't surprise me if Chelsea went in put in a low ball offer and said well you're going to lose him in the summer potentially uh, for nothing take it or leave it and that could be the Brozier replacement because obviously I think he's had a bit more time in the higher level than uh, Fana should be signing of course I don't know if I, he might sign a new contract we don't know about that yet um, but we'll wait and see I think I would get a defensive midfielder first so I have no problems in getting Alvarez I think he's a good player um other people have said he's not, but I, I, I what, from what I've seen, I've been impressed enough of him. Um, and we don't have, we, apart from Zakaria, we don't actually have a defensive midfielder really. So I take most most competent defenders, defensive midfielders at the moment. Um, to be brutally honest, um, I probably where I would disagree potentially is probably go for the right back option potentially now um, because I think it is needed. Um, it depends on whether, obviously, as you said, if Jorginho does go and we do sell him to a Juventus rather than letting him go on a free, then maybe well, that would probably mean we would need to go and get a midfielder. I wouldn't get Rabiot personally. I don't know who I would get for that position, but I've never been a fan of Rabiot. I'm going to be brutally honest. So um, I wouldn't get him, but obviously we would need someone for that. But I would, if Jorginho stays, I would probably look at the right back cover because I I always worry when James does go that we lose that ounce of creativity in the team and without getting someone in to stop to either play when Reese James ain't playing or get an attacking player that supplements that creativity I think we may struggle again towards the end of the season should Reese James pick up another injury because I just don't want to see Asby playing at all if I'm brutally honest he's not he, he's he's he was a good player. Um, he's been a great servant for Chelsea, but I think his time is just—he's been done for about a year, so uh, at least a year now. So I think I don't really want to see him play for Chelsea Football Club again, um, which then puts Rhys James in a terrible position of playing every minute, unless he puts on uh, left backs and right back, which I don't have a problem with. I think to be a professional footballer, you have to. There's no, you shouldn't be a one-footed footballer really. Um, to be at that level, you should be able to play with both feet, um, or at least play an inverted way. Um, 
potentially could Lewis Hall be that person because he is there. Technically, he is a centre mid slash left back. Or can he play right back as well? Can he cover for Rhys James in their minutes? Um, that could potentially be an option, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, but yeah, I would go for personally Alvarez and then a right back. I'm not, I'm not fussed with the options that have been said so far, so I'd pick any of the current options that have been rumoured um, at the moment. Um, go Obviously, going into the final minutes before we finish, um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about, Chester, specifically? No, I just think people need to have some patience and understand that this mess that we find ourselves in took years to happen. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen last year. It didn't happen the year before that. <clears throat> it's been years of Roman's philosophy, which, hey, hats off, it was a winning philosophy. We, we had a lot of success, won a lot of trophies. But once, once you're not putting that money in and selling it, you know, taking taking some L's on players that you've brought in, and just totally revamping the, the team every year or every two years when you're firing coaches, it's not sustainable. And I think that everybody just needs to chill, just just relax, have a good time, watch the games. And remember, if you were as smart as you thought you were. You'd be you'd be coaching or, or working for Chelsea Football Club, not sitting on your couch with your thumb up your butt watching it. That's all I would I'd just just caution people. That's about it. That's all I got. Yeah, that's that's very true. I mean, it, it, patience is something that lacks at Chelsea Football Club, unfortunately, um, with a lot of fans, and it has been in the last twenty years at least. Um, Obviously, it's understandable that if the last 20 years has been Chelsea not being patient with everyone, um, of course, that does sink into the fan base that has watched them for 20 years. But um, I think it is time to be a little bit patient and let's see how this project goes. I, I think I like the project. Um, and do, I do hope uh, Chelsea and Todd Bowley do buy a little Belgian club because I'd like to uh, potentially get a nice little Belgium club in and go potentially watch them out in Belgium, see how the Chelsea effectively B, C, D, E team do. Um, but yeah, it's been a fantastic pod, um, obviously just before Christmas um, uh, recording this. So guys, everyone that has listened, uh, we do wish you a Merry Christmas. We probably will be on for the review uh, at some point. We'll fill it in somewhere. I imagine Carlito will join us as well, um, depending on how busy he is. Um, but Jester, thank you for coming on once again. It's been a pleasure to speak to you after a long time doing this. Yeah, it's always good. Uh, I enjoy our conversations. I appreciate you having me on. Did Carlito say he was busy? Uh, he just didn't reply to me. Carlito oh. being Carlito. Uh, yeah, because he, he told me something about being at a strip club. I, I don't know. Oh, uh, I guess that is busy, but you know. What Carlito wants to do in his spare time, Carlito does. But but you know he he was he he was there doing charity work, and by charity work I mean there, there's a, there's a girl named Charity that works there. <laughs> oh, just as you crack me out. No worries. Everybody have a happy holidays, and I hope you uh, 
you know, make memories with the people that you love and friends and family. And, uh, you know, just wish everybody to have a peaceful day at least. Yeah, definitely. I think enjoy Christmas Day. Enjoy the time with your family. Even Boxing Day, obviously, Chelsea ain't on. So maybe watch a, lot, a bit of other football, but enjoy the time with your family. And then back on Chelsea on the 27th. And then it's back to weekly, bi-weekly pods with us. Um, plenty of guests on, obviously, Jester's. Carlito will be the main two guests, but we'll get other people on as well um, to spread the knowledge, to spread the ball. Um, we'll get some nice debates up. We are trying to link up a specific debate that uh, Carlito has been wanting to do with a specific person for a long time. Uh, we'll try and get that sorted. I'm sure you guys will enjoy it, uh, but we'll wait and see on that. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Uh, again, as usual, make sure you like um and find us on Spotify and Apple. Um, you can also rate us on both platforms. Please give us a five-star rating. If you don't want to give us, if you want to give us a one-star, it's fine. We don't mind. We can take the criticism. We're uh, both not snowflakes on here, so we can both take it a little bit. Um, but thank you for all listening, uh, and we'll see you again on another episode of Worldwide Chelsea Podcast. <laughs>